This is a news roundy podcast and you're listening to NL Playoffs. Hello and welcome to NL Playoffs. My name is Gautam. I have with me my co-host Aniket. Aniket say hello. Hello world. This is round 2 of the NL Playoffs Aniket. We have round 1 under our belt. Uh, at long last we have an episode that is live uh, after 365 days of what sweat, blood, tears. We are here in round 2 of the NL Playoffs. How does it make you feel? Uh feels good. There is an uh sense of nervousness, anxiety, but overall feels good. Yeah, I like it. Uh so guys and girls who are listening, uh, we have uh the round 1 of the episode 1 of our podcast live on the News Laundry website. Uh we also have it on the News Laundry YouTube page. We also have it on Spotify as producer Amin who's producing this podcast just told us. So please do check it out. Any feedback is welcome. Uh, I've actually read some. Uh, I know you also did the same thing, Aniket. We actually re- went through some uh, feedback that we got. Uh, one of the predominant comments that I saw was that we were covering just one sport a lot, which was football last time. So I think, well, I know what I thought about it because I think our aim, as we said last time, also was to cover one or two sports at the most every week and cover them in as much detail as we can instead of covering many sports in the same week. Because given our obligations and schedules and whatnot, it's going to be tough for us to first follow all the sports every every week or every two weeks. No, I agree with you, and uh, this is by design, and this is where we. Uh... extend a request to the subscribers and listeners to reach out to us because we are not experts in every sport that is actually played out there so feel free to reach out if you play a rare sport unique sport even if you're interested to share any knowledge trivia reach out to us and we'd love to have you here and spread your knowledge to the world yes guys please do write to us uh, as we alluded to last week as well or la- the last episode as well uh we want this to be as subscriber driven as possible as um that's how me and aniket met through the subscribers group on whatsapp uh, for news laundry so please do write to us at contact@newslaundry.com at uh please leave nl playoffs on the subject line so that the email finds both aniket and me and then we can discuss whatever feedback you guys get on the episode itself uh the other thing also is that i don't think we'll be covering a lot of football this episode aniket because nothing's been happening we just finished european championships and the copa america which by the way copa america by the way we didn't even watch that's why we didn't was we were not able to cover it in depth i saw one of the comments that came up that said hey you did covered copa america for 3 minutes and 10 times that for euros so i mean you know sorry guys we could not catch the whole game yeah i caught it i caught a recorded version delayed version of it i saw the game but then again we just decided it was a decision we made right to stick to euros but next time we are going to split it even stevens and see how it goes and before we go to the headlines today is 27th of july and we record this at about 10 pm uh, central time in usa so the olympics are still going on so we are going to stay as uh, close to track as possible with tracking the events that are actually happening right now so with that uh, let's get into the headlines gautam let's do it cool so we'll start with a brief uh, introduction on <laughs> we said we won't go into football so we'll just give the headlines so messi finally stays in barcelona at least that's how it seems like they're doing a lot to keep him there i'm sure it's going to be worth it being a messi fan but uh, i hope he wins something and then united manchester united by the way before before the listeners think sorry aniket before the listeners think we are not going to cover the olympics at all guys just so that you know we are going to cover the olympics the most during this episode we just left it to the end of the headline so that we can use that as a launching pad for the olympics to come just an fyi we'll have the time codes on the uh, episode notes as well yeah thanks for that gautam yeah so football uh, manchester united actually signed jadon sancho and rafael varane which is super interesting Crystal Palace gets a new manager in Arsenal legend Patrick Vieira. So that's on the football front. In cricket, by the way, by the way, Aniket, I'm I don't know if you've noticed this. I'm wearing a Dortmund T-shirt. Uh, that's just as a sign of respect for uh, Dortmund for giving us Jadon Sancho. I'm a Manchester United supporter. As Manchester United scum, as somebody called us <laughs> on the comments page on YouTube. By the way, yeah. So I did see your jersey, the Gotham. Yeah. and it's, it looks good so uh, diving back into the headlines we have cricket so india plays sri lanka 
So they won the ODI series and the first T20. The second gets postponed due to COVID. I think Krunal Pandya has contacted uh, COVID-19, the SARS COVID-19 virus. So that's causing delays, I believe. Yes. Then there is also something you told me about, I didn't know, was that there is a 100-ball cricket format coming up in England. So from 60 overs to 50 to 2020, and now we come to 100 balls. So I don't know where this is going, but you want to talk a little bit about this Gotham <laughs> I know I know you're not a big fan of the shortest format of the game as they call this Sunny Kate but yeah the, it's called the 100 it's something that the ECB the England cricket board has come up with uh, it's just a play uh, play on the T20 format essentially what it is is that instead of overs and runs this is balls and runs so it's 100 balls per innings uh, whoever scores the most runs wins the fielding side can change ends uh, after every 10 balls so that's like a change of over uh, but every bowler can deliver either 5 or 10 consecutive balls depending on what the captain wants it to be so it's like a 5 ball over if you can call it instead of a 6 ball over and then each bowler can bowl a maximum of 20 balls per match so it was fo- it's 4 overs in T20 this is 20 balls in the 100 for- in the 100 format where the bowlers get to bowl 20 balls uh, the power play is for 25 balls instead of the 6 overs, that is 36 balls in T20 cricket. So I did watch a little bit of the highlights, uh, Aniket. Uh, I found the women's uh, 100 much more interesting because they're playing the women's as well as the men's tournaments in parallel. I found the women's more interesting because uh, Smriti Mandana and uh, Jemima Rodriguez are just killing it. I saw Smriti Mandana highlights today. She made like a crisp half century. I know you've seen her play too, right, Aniket? She's such a graceful player to watch. Uh, she was hitting with the big shots and also those finesse strokes through the leg side and offside. This is pretty good. And Jemima Rodriguez like scored 92, I believe, in very quick time and won the game for her side. So it was really exciting. So you should catch the YouTube highlights. It's on there, Aniket. I'm just saying. Yeah. You like, I think you like it. I'm for sure. I'm going to catch the highlights, but I'm surprised. Like in hundred ball games, these guys are hitting like 92s and 50s. That's like wow. That's wow. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 like T20, right? T20 has like centuries and stuff. But yeah, Jemima Rodriguez was really good. 92. I think she got 92 of... I don't remember exactly how many balls she got in, but she made those runs really quickly. Yeah, the cynic in me says like T20 didn't do enough damage to the sport. We are coming to a 100-ball format. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I've not seen any of the games. So I don't know. But I'm excited to see what, what happens. So anyways, from cricket, we move on. We briefly touch upon uh, the Formula 1 season. So we'll delve a little deeper to the end of the podcast. But the Silverstone Grand Prix happened. There was The season's heating up and uh, it's exciting. So the next Hungarian Grand Prix is coming up at the Hungaro Ring in Hungary. So we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast. But there's also the NBA Finals Gotham, which was clinched by the Milwaukee Bucks. And I'm sure we're going to get to this after uh, the Olympics where we'll dive deeper because it definitely needs yeah, a we'll, deeper dive. Yeah, we'll talk about this a little bit more, Aniket, because uh, this time it was a very weird season. It was two unpredictable teams that made it to the finals in the form of Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. So Milwaukee Bucks ended up winning it. So we'll talk more about it uh, towards the end of the podcast after we discuss the Olympics. For sure. And now to the main event, the spectacle or also as it's called the pinnacle of sports. So, the Olympics. So, a lot of things are happening, Gotham, in the Olympics. There are way too many events. Uh, I think it's super exciting for anybody who's interested in sport. Like, I think you, at this point, you can just hang on to your television set or your you know laptop screen and just keep shuffling between different sports. I love it. And it's just entertainment. It is interesting that, yeah, it, they're still calling it 2020, the Olympics 2020, Tokyo, instead of 2021, which makes sense because for branding purposes and all of that, I think it's good to call it 2020 instead of 2021. Otherwise, it would be a lot of uh, waste of money too in rebranding this event. But yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that we've come all the way from sprinting and chariot racing to equestrian dressage and 3x3 three three basketball and uh, surfing and skateboarding and all kinds of weird uh, Olympic games that we have right now. It's it's crazy how many... It, it's, it's crazy to think how it has evolved from that, from four or five sports to now. I don't know how many disciplines there are in the Olympics. In, in fact, in the hundreds, right? Yeah, and... Just to add to this, in the middle, we the human race stopped on something called live pigeon shooting. So they used to actually release pigeons and shoot them. And one event unfortunately had like 120 <laughs> odd pigeons dead. And I think it was never repeated again after. But uh, yeah, just a trivia I found on the internet. But that being said, so India is in the Olympics. We have a pretty good contingent. 
mixed emotions rolling out right now from the olympics gotham things happening expectations being met not being met so do you want to take this from here and tell us what's happening well yeah the big big news coming from an indian point of view is that in the weightlifting 49 kg division mirabai chanu from uh, uh, manipur uh, in the 49 kg division won the silver for us which is very exciting i did not catch this live because of where we are especially you know when we are in america and it's in japan it's such a hard time zone for us to watch anything live and also being in america they don't show all of the indian disciplines which sucks but uh, mirabai chanu when won the silver medal in the 49 kg division she lifted a total of 202 kg uh, she did because weightlifting has two disciplines or two categories if you can call it one is uh, the snatch and the other one is the clean and jerk uh so she lifted a total of 202 kilograms in combined in both of the categories i think she had a successful lift of 115 kilograms in the clean and jerk so i know you caught the highlights like me aniket what did you think of it oh i loved it it was just so good so early in the olympics to actually uh see an indian getting uh the medal it was nice and i remember if my memory serves me right the last indian person to weightlift and win was karnam maleshwari uh so i think uh, karnamaleshwari vizag's very own yes so uh, i remember i have good memories of uh, that time as well so karnamaleshwari and now we have meera paichanu so awesome work to her kudos and she's making us proud like she it's the first silver medal i sincerely hope there are more to come there have been a couple of disappointments along the way we'll talk about them but i sincerely hope there are more to come because there is hope Yeah and I think uh, the Mirabai Chanu medal did not come out of the blue either she she's not you know she I don't think she was an underdog because if you look at her record she's actually she actually holds a world record in the clean and jerk category i think she lifted 119 kilograms in the clean and jerk in the uh, asian games uh, last year in 2020 so it's not as if she is like an underdog or a novice she came in possibly as one of the favorites So yeah in 2020 Asian weightlifting championships in Tashkent Iran uh, for all the history buffs out there that's where uh, I think Lal Bahadur Shastri died in Tashkent back in the day uh she lifted 86 kilograms in snatch and then cleared a world record by lifting 119 in the clean and jerk unfortunately she couldn't lift 119 this time around but she lifted successfully a total weight of 115 kilograms which is awesome to see um, and obviously everybody is jumping on her bandwagon in india to promote their own cause uh, i saw that uh, the domino's pizza company is offering her free pizza because in the post game interview or post lifting interview she said oh i would just want to have pizza now so obviously all the brands have to now jump in and ride her bandwagon right oh, i i didn't know i was totally oblivious that this happened but i am glad that she got a stunning reception when she came back to india so i have seen uh, videos of that on the internet so india's welcomed her with arms wide open and we should we definitely should cuz she's made us proud so rajwardhan singh rathor takes us to the women's and shooting so there's men's and women's 10 meter shooting that's going on so i don't know if you caught any of that i i was not able to catch any of that i was just reading online uh, so we have Manu Bhakar who actually was very promising prospect but i think in her individual event she had a malfunction so there was some problem in her gun circuit and uh, there was a loss of 15 minutes that she had she and her coach had to go back and stuff and unfortunately after that she didn't progress on to the next round so you want to add something to that gotham but a lot of experts did comment on that yes uh, this was the 10 meter air pistol event a lot of experts online i looked at her i read up on the stuff uh, a lot of the experts online said she did actually did uh, very well to actually come back from that malfunction because she had to they had to fix the gun and repair it and then she lost 15 valuable minutes 15 minutes is a lot of time in the in this in these events so to come back and actually perform in some capacity was uh, was really good Obviously it was just uh, unlucky and just the rub of the green didn't go her way but there's always next time. Yeah and uh, similarly Saurav Chaudhary was on the men's uh, 10 meter air pistol as well and uh, he had a complete off day so I could get some sneak peeks onto some highlights and stuff and it seemed like I was reading what experts were saying he seemed to have an off day on the firing range that day. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the air the the shooting ones both of these air pistol categories were the ones that India were hoping to get a few medals this time around because they were fully prepared. I think they had a lot of good backing and sponsorship as well. 
but unfortunately you know sometimes it comes down to who does well on that given day at that particular moment so if anything goes slightly off the competition is so high sometimes that you just it's really hard to cope with it you know you just have to get everything correct yeah and shooting is uh, a game all about focus concentration and uh, yeah it's being in rhythm yeah but they did both of them came together as a team for the mixed 10 meter air rifle event gotham and they actually set a very good first qualification score so they topped the charts in the stage 1 but unfortunately they couldn't uh, pass the second uh, qualification stage because they were seventh in that round so that's unfortunate yeah by the way before we move on can can i can i we are just following some uh, live scores because as we are recording this pv sindhu is playing uh, uh, her uh, round of 16 i believe against ny chung of china uh, this is still group play stage guys so she actually won 219 and 2116 in straight straight game so that is a really good sign pv sindhu is definitely a medal contender this time around too so hopefully she goes far man yeah go girl more power to her uh, i think she's awesome so she's serious like and even though there's no carolina marin this time i think she has a good chance but i think even with her in the circuit i think pv sindhu is always a good contender cuz uh, she's a solid game and also i'm biased and a big fan so yeah 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 hopefully she goes far and then gotham so now we're coming to team sports hockey what do you want to tell us about hockey so uh, the last time uh, the last match that india played was against Spain i think they won 3-0 quite convincingly this is even better win than what the score suggests mainly because uh, the previous game before they played Spain they played Australia and they just got demolished 7-1 i think right yeah 7-1 was the score at the end so to shrug that away and uh, come back and win against Spain so convincingly 3-0 and the current indian team is not known for their defense as such to not concede any goals while at the same time scoring 3 was Uh, just a welcome sign uh, i think they they in the second there's two pools pool a and pool b and then the second place in the pool a pool uh, a's leader is obviously australia they won 3 out of 3 but hopefully they make it through to the knockouts or to the next stage i think it's group of 16 and then quarters semi finals and the finals uh, india is not a bad team at all uh, this time the men's hockey team is fourth in the world is what i read so there is some big news coming out of just world world uh, olympics in general Uh, I just want to talk about Simone Biles, who's considered to be the greatest of all time when it comes to gymnastics, and and there's a reason she's called the greatest of all time because uh, she literally has Aniket. She has four moves named after her. There's like different maneuvers, gymnastic maneuvers that are named after her. So, <laughs> so imagine uh, she actually performed four skills or maneuvers. You call them. that are unique to her or that she pioneered or started which is kind of amazing so she was uh, coming into the uh, tokyo games she already has i think about 6 or 7 medals already in the previous olympics coming into these games she was obviously the hot favorite uh, in the team gymnastics uh, she i was watching some of her highlights no actually watching her live on saturday uh, she looked out of sorts in the team gymnastics qualifying round because she was like stumbling here and there she was not really balanced on the on the balance beam and she she was doing she she definitely looked out of place and then this morning when we woke up we uh, we got up to the news of her pulling out citing mental is- mental health issues it so happened that she was feeling a lot of pressure and the stakes were obviously so high that she was not in a good mind frame also remember all of these athletes have to had to quarantine had to take all of these covid tests they still take covid tests every day they are isolated it's it's not an easy task to perform at the highest level and also consider that there are no crowd supporting and, and nothing this is just playing in empty stadiums right it has taken a toll obviously we we saw that the whole of last year too right where we saw all of the football matches being played in empty stadiums we saw cricketers speaking out saying isolation is such a hard thing to do and quarantining is so hard just when you are you know kind of imprisoned within the four walls so i think eventually she made the right decision pulling out of the finals of the team gymnastics because she knew that for her team to have the best chance to win a medal it was best for her to pull out and for somebody else to step in and make uh, and you know better the chances of winning a medal i think because she was so out of place that she felt like she couldn't give her best yeah and it came as a big surprise right and uh, you know uh, this is something very close to me and i want to talk about it uh, in more detail uh, is mental health and how it actually affects uh, we think it's uh, i don't know at least there's not much awareness but we think people who are celebrities are 
you know a lot of times i've heard people my own family members say what problems could you know these guys have there in you know the olympics but then like you said during covid times you've seen athletes like lewis hamilton you've got, you've seen nba players you've seen like you said cricketers come out and now you have simon biles is coming out and saying that uh, you know mental health issue and it's a serious thing but yeah it was very shocking to see and i don't know if you followed the news here but uh, there was sincere and severe hopes on simon biles nbc almost every day would you know <laughs> talk about how simon biles is going to the olympics yeah. the usa was basically counting on her and it was no small pressure yeah and it was a huge decision for her to pull out too imagine the stakes involved and all the hopes are on you but you decide to pull out so she was in i'm assuming in such a such a bad mental state to perform at that high level that she had to pull out and i think she made the right decision because especially because if this was an individual event i think she would have just tried to brave it out maybe and try to perform even though she probably wouldn't have ended up with a good result but because it's a steam gymnastics and there was somebody else to replace her i think she made the absolute right decision to pull out and then you know the results were there to see because the usa team gymnastics eventually ended up with the silver medal roc by the way russian olympic committee ended up winning the uh, gold medal uh, we also have to say that russian olympic committee because it's not russia the russians are playing under the banner of the olympic flag they're calling it roc the russian olympic committee because the russian federation was banned from this olympics because they were caught doping uh, the proofs and all of the reports indicated that this was state sanctioned so Uh, the IOC kind of cracked the cracked the whip on them. That's right. I know we spoke about uh, Naomi Osaka briefly there. Aniket uh, Osaka also was a big hopeful for Jap for Japan this year or, or during this Olympics because she was their star and she was definitely up for the gold medal and she shockingly got knocked out in the second round to Sheks Marketa Wondrousova. I think that's her name. I think I pronounced it correctly. She I looked at the highlights of this game. She looked out of sorts. Her body language was off. She was not moving as well as she usually does because she has a she has a really good game. Uh, I don't know if pulling out of the French Open, she did not play the Wimbledon. She's probably this is her first tournament playing at such a high level. I don't know if that had any effect or you know just the raw side of things where you're not used to the pace. uh after after what 6 months of not playing high level tennis might have had an effect on her but it was really surprising to see how she played she got knocked out in straight sets that's right and i have nothing more to add i i just can add that i saw even her post match interviews and she said that she's upset every time she loses but she said this has got to hurt the most cuz she's at home uh she's in front of her home fans and yeah it's it's tough but i think that's the uh I don't know uh, the beauty of sport I think it has these crests and troughs so you're at one time one phase of your life you're at the top and then you know eventually I think no athlete gets away without going through those bottom lonely times uh, so yeah but it was it was shocking to see Naomi Osaka I I I to be very honest thought she was going to take the medal home this time uh, well I stand wrong so yeah but the Norwegian women's beach ball team Sorry, beach handball team was actually fined fifteen hundred euros by the European Beach Handball Federation, and they were fined for improper clothing. So when you say improper clothing, you think uh, you know they were putting some message through. They were you know doing something wrong, but apparently their shorts were too long. Overexposure sometimes is what the sometimes the athletes get called out for, right? Sometimes. Yeah, overexposure. But here, their shorts were too long. and this has rightly been condemned by the pop star pink and even uh, the tennis legend billie jean king you know and there's only one word for this it's you know sexism and the men actually play in tank top and shorts but the women were supposed i think the uniform is a bikini bottom uh, that's how the uh, uniform is classified and then they were wearing shorts so they were fine and bizarre i mean i don't know what to say apart from like guys what were those what were this committee thinking Yeah, that is just flat out silly, man. Uh, I think the uh, most of the athletes were condemning it. I think the athletes who got fined came out and said that it was kind of weird and just called it out. But then once it got the push from Pink and Billie Jean King, it kind of took a whole another level on social media and stuff. So I'll be surprised if they don't uh, overturn the overturn this rule. And also, I don't know if they will uh, uh, reverse the decision to fine them. But I will be surprised if this rule stays for long. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's it's just it's bizarre. By the way, just we I know we were spoke we were talking about the uh, ROC, uh, the Russians playing under a different flag. There's also the uh, refugee team that plays under a refugee Olympics flag, which is which is really cool. So all of the refugees who are 
you know who have settled down or who are in other countries they play under a common uh, refugee flag this time they have 11 different countries representing them they have afghanistan cameroon uh, republic of congo eritrea iran iraq and there's the democratic republic of congo too there's south sudan sudan syria and venezuela so it is that's another cool thing to see which is uh, which is something that you don't often uh, get to see so i think that's very nice and very progressive so that that's a good step and i can only imagine how challenging it is for people like i mean given all the infrastructure having a state backing you up and if you're a refugee i think it's a yeah i mean uh, more power to all of them and i also wanted to add one more thing so the indian archery team men's archery team actually lost to south korea so that's another thing i think i uh, briefly skipped or missed so i think that predominantly rounds up our olympic coverage do you want to go to the nba's you want to you want to tell us what actually happening in the basketball world so the nba finals just finished last week for the people who are listening of all the american sports that i follow nba is probably the my favorite sport and that's something that i follow a lot uh so the nba finals concluded last week it was a little different this time because there's a lot of um, it was a very packed schedule and a lot of injuries uh so at the end the two teams that remained were the phoenix suns and the milwaukee bucks the milwaukee bucks obviously the star player was yanis antetokounmpo guys if those who don't know him please go go and check him out he's just an amazing not only just an amazing player but just a totally likable guy so I highly recommend that you watch some of his videos and stuff like that on YouTube. So the Milwaukee Bucks ended up winning the NBA title. And that'll do it. It's over. The Bucks have done it. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. How the format works is every series from the playoffs, the namesake of this podcast, uh every player every playoff series is best of 7. So the Bucks clinched it in 6 games so they won 4-2 at the very end. Actually it's it was a great comeback story for the Milwaukee Bucks because to start with they lost two games in a row to the Phoenix Suns uh, who were probably starting out as a favorites because Phoenix Suns has this veteran player who plays point guard called uh, Chris Paul who's a little older but he's a really good player this was his first finals too so a lot of people were rooting for him to win the NBA title I was not personally because I think I don't like the way he plays he's just annoying and the way he plays is just herky jerky he tries to get cheap fouls and cheap calls on the referees but I get it he's 6 foot he's 6 foot tall is not the tallest of all players he's probably the shortest NBA player going around so a lot of people wanted him to win it but Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks did really well they had great defense uh and Giannis he ended up with 50 points in the game game clincher sorry <laughs> game clincher 50 points 14 rebounds and five blocks just an insane all round all round game that he played uh, aniket i know you read up on him a little bit and his back story so i will leave you to i know you watched the game as well so what were your thoughts boy so this series was like it swung like a pendulum and every game almost so like the first two games i saw i i felt i mean phoenix suns seemed to like have things under control and i actually was waiting for this podcast to talk to you more about it because the third game onwards something flipped right it's so here's the thing so yanis antetokounmpo who is this uh, okay legend of a man i'm totally uh, stuck by his awesomeness actually so for lack of better word and he's also uh, affectionately called the greek freak so uh, what a guy but you could see that even in the first two games he actually put on uh, some form of a show but then the milwaukee bucks lost what flipped gotham in the third game onwards where the bucks just went after it w- what was it from your opinion because i was trying to analyze uh, delve deeper into analyzing what exactly happened there so in all these series what ha- what happens is once the playoffs begin because it's best of 7 there is time for teams to figure team figure each other out right because it's best of 7 so you have to win four games for sure and out of those four games at a minimum you'll get at least two games at home so which is your obviously you have that home court advantage the main thing is because there's so much time to figure it out teams make all of these adjustments mid series right so 
once once they went down by two games the first, they lost the bucks lost the first two games and they went back home to play milwaukee the next two games were in milwaukee like simple adjustments uh, in the first two games if you had noticed the phoenix suns got a lot of corner threes so the corner threes are the, that's supposed to be the one of the most easiest and also the most efficient shot in the nba because it's valued at three points and it's also the corner three it's the easiest shot to make so the phoenix suns were making a lot of corner threes so once game three started the bucks made some slight adjustment where the defenders who were guarding the players who were on the corners they never left them so they just made sure that they were not getting any kinds of uh, corner threes at all so once that happened now it was left to uh, chris paul uh, who's the point guard and devin booker who's the shooting guard devin booker is also a superstar by the way he's amazing he's very young so he'll i'm sure he'll get to the nba finals again he had a great series and what i also noticed uh, was in uh, my observation was that the bucks started really getting into the paint after so uh, the paint is being referred to the uh, inside the two point where the free throw is there and you actually literally have paint on the floor so a lot of their uh, third game onwards you could see a lot of the action that the bucks were taking was uh, sending it into the uh, phoenix suns uh, two point area in the paint and like a lot of the layups and alley oops were coming into play so that was uh, something i noticed yeah, exactly. as well and exactly they played to yanis's strengths right that is his game he's like shack i don't i know people a lot of listeners probably remember shack and how dominant he was inside the paint right he was just if he was near the basket he was dunking it so yanis is like that but just more lean and more athletic and more dare i say more more just quicker than shack so they were playing to what they can best do so they maximized yanis's potential so they made sure that he gets the ball in the paint every time so that he was dunking everywhere and then they took out the phoenix suns corner threes so they were left with making all of these mid-range shots or tougher three-point shots and yeah and you know the bucks have a really good perimeter defense this is one guy called drew holiday who is like a lights out defender so he was it's called full court press so he was like guarding chris paul who was the main uh, point guard on the other side phoenix suns he was guarding him full court so once he got the ball at the end of the other court he was guarding it guarding him from that point for the whole game that that's what happened in game 4 that's what happened in game 5 so, so it, it's easy it's easy to tire the opposition player out if you're just guarding him so so strongly so there are a lot of these factors which is very fascinating because i know we spoke about uh, gareth southgate and um, mancini last time where how it's mostly strategic in nature it's it, the game is played on the bench in the technical areas versus actual players it is like that because with the advent of analytics with the advent of uh, video real time video uh, real time numbers that you get people figure teams out now very quickly so it's very very easy to make those adjustments and once you make those adjustments it becomes easy for you so bucks were just the better team they made the better adjustments talent wise too i think the bucks were stronger on paper than the phoenix suns phoenix suns were a little inexperienced their bench strength was not as deep as the milwaukee bucks but it was the yanis show from game 3 man i mean game 1 and game 2 yanis was lights out but beginning game 3 he was just uh, a beast he's only by the way he's the third player in nba history along with a certain michael jordan and hakim alajwan of of the houston rockets back in the day a fellow nigerian too by the way uh, to win a regular season mvp he was, so he was the most valuable player he yanis won it two times he won the finals mvp so this time yanis won the finals mvp and then he was also the defensive player of the year he also he also has that award to his name so is one of three in uh, nba history and if your name is paired along with michael jordan you are doing something right oh for sure and also to add to what you said he also scored 50 points in the final game and he literally took the bucks home like he's such a leader like if you if you saw on timeouts and when he was actually talking during you know the breaks between the quarters you could see him you know stand up his his team was actually sitting down and this this dude stands up and he's telling his team of what they are capable of and why they should show up on the court and it was just so inspirational and we mentioned this but we didn't go too deep into this is that his background from nigeria so he has such an amazing story uh, yanis antetokounmpo who's also called the greek freak by the way so he's son of nigerian immigrants parents and they had moved to greece and he was apparently stateless for the first 18 years of his life so because he was an immigrant it's almost like a i mean i think refugee would not be the right word but you're in greek greece but not accepted by the country as a citizen so he was literally stateless for the first 18 years of his life 
and then he moved to uh, i mean obviously he got his greek citizenship uh, later in 2013 and then he moved to the nba in his 2013 draft and from there on there has been no looking back for him gotham in 2013 he got the greek citizenship only because the greek government realized that he was going into the nba otherwise i don't think they were even considering him giving a citizenship now that they've realized that there is this greek uh, guy from greece going into uh, america and making uh, a name for himself then they decided to give him uh, uh, the citizenship so that's how things work sometimes uh, so in 2013 when he was drafted he was drafted number 15th overall so that means that he was a mid round pick so that tells you that he was not really valued highly as much so if you are picked number 15 typically and over a period of let's say you play for 10 years and you end up in those 10 years if you are a regular in a team beat from the bench or beat starting that means that that player has done really well <laughs> now yanis coming in at the 15th pick his first year i think he was i think he was 6 foot 9 or something so in the next year he grew 3 or 4 inches right so all of a sudden he has this growth spike and then he's now is now what 7 foot 1 or 7 foot and then he also you know because he had better food here better nutrition in the states and there's all these uh, fitness coaches and dietitians and nutritionists and all of those guys he developed a great great body now if you see him now it's almost like you're watching a a terminator villain or something it's it's unbelievable what his body has become he's chiseled now he's big he's strong if he runs at you you probably you should probably hold on to your dear life because he dribbles the ball and just comes barreling towards you and some of the defenders try to take a charge and they just they they stand no chance so that growth spike really helped him and then once he once he got that growth spike and once he got the body he was almost unstoppable we spoke about shack uh, recently he is he is like shack uh, speaking of shack he's yanis now is only the second player in league history to post Three games of forty plus points and ten plus rebounds in an NBA final series. Now Shaq did it in two thousand. That was first of the Lakers three peat. They won in two thousand, two thousand one, and two thousand two. That those three years of Shaq was just um, chef's kiss. There was no people had no clue how to guard or play Shaq. So yeah, Giannis became like Shaq, man. Uh, dare I say a better version of Shaq? So I've also noticed his game defensively. I wish through podcasts we could. somehow show the videos of his blocks the way he defended some of those were just spectacular i am at an absolute loss of words to describe not once but multiple times his steals his blocks i mean he's he was all over the court like i don't know i'm out of words got them you want to add something there was yeah we spoke about all of his offensive exploits but yeah you were so right he's such a great defender he already has a defensive player of the year award under his name i think he got it last no 2020 when he won the mvp as well as a defensive player of the year but i want to talk about just one defensive play that he uh, he was a part of i think it was game 5 uh, devin booker who we just spoke about he was yanis uh, was guarding him and then uh, he booker was in the paint and threw a lob to the phoenix sun center deandre ayton right he just lobbed it so all he all deandre ayton had to do was just catch the lob and dunk it in because he was right by the basket now yanis was guarding uh, devin booker and as soon as he saw the lob in real time so the lob was up in the air he realized that deandre ayton was right there by the basket he recovers goes back and as deandre ayton is dunking the ball he recovers and blocks it immediately it was i think the reaction time uh, was 1.2 or 1.3 seconds i saw that espn posted that just an unbelievable unbelievable play in real time when i watched it i was just i had my mouth open to see actually what he did it was amazing while you're talking my head was like bobbing up and down because i knew what you were talking about and it's just it just took me back to that uh, memory and i'd seen that live and it was insane yeah the way he stopped that shot well i mean I think I can take another podcast talking about Yanis Antetokounmpo uh, for the guy he is but I think you want to add something more to this Gotham so I think this is this was a great NBA finals as I said uh, we will have some occasions in the future where we will probably go back in time and cover some really cool NBA Uh, games uh, if there are nba uh, watchers uh, listening to this please write to us and uh, give us some feedback as to what did you make of the nba finals so please do write to us at contact@newslaundry.com with the 
subject of nl playoffs so it reaches us yes yes please uh, but yeah i think that was about that was about it for the nba finals aniket uh, <laughs> thank you for that uh, but i think we should what we should briefly touch upon now is do some formula 1 because things went down at the british grand prix in silverstone last week oh it was hell of a race gotham so just to give context to uh, folks listening to this uh, formula 1 uh, was in britain so it was a silverstone circuit which is home to the current world champion lewis hamilton and the fight for championship this year has been pushed to the limit between lewis hamilton and max verstappen so lewis hamilton is uh, an all-time great who's matched uh, schumacher's michael schumacher's record of seven uh, world championships and competing with him is this promising upcoming youngster the dutch youngster uh, max verstappen who drives for red bull racing and currently max uh, at the age of 23 i think he's 23 years old is actually leading the world championship he was leading before silverstone by 33 points so there was some significant gap there and in silverstone this time it was a little bit more special because the formula 1 has changed the uh, way you qualify so previously you actually do a one lap fast lap around a, it's called a hot lap around the track and see who's the fastest and based on that you start uh, first second third so on but this time instead of that there was a 100 km race so it was a small race it's called a sprint race which was actually introduced for the first time uh, in formula 1 which uh, lewis started from the front and max was second but max ended up max was tap and ended up winning that uh, sprint race so in the main uh, feature race which is the main race which is uh, i think 52 or laps uh, max was p1 and lewis hamilton was p2 and you could see them battle it out got them right from the time the lights went off yeah so once the lights went out there was definitely because silverstone is considered to be one of the fastest circuits going around right so i think there was this one corner that everybody was keeping an eye on called the cox corner did i say it right it's cops 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 okay cops corner so yeah it was it was bound to happen at some point i think but it was a very aggressive opening to uh to the grand prix and once they went to that corner you know you could see them jockeying for positions at, at one point verstappen was ahead at another point hamilton was ahead and then they came into that cops corner and then you know they their their wheels came in touch and uh, max verstappen ended up going into the gravel and hitting some tires and then hamilton uh, went into the lead what do you make of that so just to give context verstappen was basically shunted into the wall and the accelerometers on his car noted that the impact was actually 51 g's so basically on impact his body weight that he was multiplied times 51 that's the impact he felt on that crash it was insane i mean uh, the racing was uh, crazy i think both so i think it was a time where hamilton knew he couldn't back off uh, he was at home he was trailing by 33 points which is actually a pretty big margin so and he had to you know uh, win and verstappen is this young aggressive guy who who has a very aggressive driving style so this situation was there earlier this year too because the competition is so tight mercedes have been having it very easy so far but this year red bull is like really pushing them to the limit so there was a time uh, in the previous grand prix as well this year where hamilton actually backed off you know because i think he's a more uh, experienced driver but i think this time just the way circumstances were he was trailing and you know previously he had not much to lose not much on the line plus given that he was at home i think none of the players backed off and there was some crazy crash uh, that actually happened which eventually led to what is called a red flag so the race was uh, partially suspended just for the safety of the driver i mean who had a serious impact he was taken to the hospital and it was a pretty dangerous crash and hamilton ended up getting a 10 second penalty right that's right and so what happened was after the red flag uh, hamilton for his uh, for the mistake he made or whatever i mean i have i'm still torn about who was at fault here i think it was a racing incident which and when i say that i mean i don't mean no one was at fault i mean both of them were at fault but hamilton a little bit more and so rightly so he was penalized 10 seconds which gave uh, the lead to scuderia ferrari's young driver charles leclerc who was actually leading the race and i so was praying for him to win but uh, hamilton just had a superior car and charles couldn't hold the charles could do nothing to i know you were uh, praying for him to win but uh, the once verstappen went out and it was just the first lap there were 50 or 51 more laps to go 
even with the 10 second penalty i knew that hamilton was going to win the race there was no question he's too good of a driver not to capitalize on such a situation and rightfully so and in the last lap he ended up passing uh, leclerc that's right and just for the record out there he could pass leclerc only because leclerc didn't have a good enough car watch out for charles leclerc he's upcoming promising driver he's up right up there with max verstappen and all these guys so unfortunately he didn't have a car but with that being said hamilton did get very very lucky in this race so uh, the fact that he got off out of this crash without a significant damage and uh, mercedes have clarified that he actually had damage but because of the red flag when the race got suspended they could fix his car so that's how he actually got back into the race and i mean that was luck you can call it what you want but he was lucky and otherwise he would have been off the race too uh, and he capitalized on it and he won and he had some crazy celebrations uh, in front of his fans which i thought knowing which i thought after sending your uh, biggest rival out via crash was a little over the top uh, celebrating that way but again well he came back from a 10 tenth- yeah it was very uncharacteristic and definitely over the top it it did appear that he was flaunting his win for some reason i don't know why uh, the, he definitely now the now the standings are really tight hamilton is now only trailing verstappen by 8 points which is uh, which sets up for a great season and the next grand prix in hungary now but one one good thing i really like what f1 now because i've took a lot i took about 8 or 9 years of break uh, i watched a lot of formula 1 back in the day but i could not watch formula 1 once i moved to the states but now i'm watching quite a bit of it the one really cool change that i really love is just a transparency right you can listen to everything that's going on in the paddock in the control center what the driver is saying to the team principal what the team principal is saying to the whoever the i want to call him the race supervisor whoever the supervisor guy is it's amazing so as soon as the collision happens Uh, Verstappen goes out he's from Red Bull so Red Bull team principal immediately Christian Horner is on yeah. the phone or on the radio talking to the race supervisor saying hey look man Hamilton did this it's totally his fault Yeah Michael look that corner he was never anywhere near alongside every driver that's driven at this circuit knows you do not stick a wheel up the inside of cops you know that's an enormous accident and it was 100% Max's corner so you know as far as I'm concerned full blame lays on Hamilton who should never have been in that position. So, and then immediately uh, after that Toto Wolff the Mercedes uh, team principal goes, gets on the radio and says hey look it was all Max Verstappen's fault we didn't do anything. So if you're doing if you're going to do anything if you're going to tell anything to the stewards uh, check this out I sent an email to you just now did you take a look at it it was also funny to observe it was just it was amazing I enjoyed every bit of it. Go ahead Toto. Uh Mike I just send you an email um with the diagrams where the car should be did you receive that Toto I don't uh, access my emails during a race deliberately because I concentrate on the race Oh uh, yeah then maybe you should maybe look at this because there is something with the rules I'm coming up I suggest if you want to Toto go feel free to go upstairs and see the stewards doing It was hilarious yeah uh, both the team bosses uh, you know ranting going after each other calling each other names and it's actually still going on because uh, max just to give uh, viewers a little bit more background max was tapped in his car at the hospital and i think yesterday he spent 20, he spent a 24 hours uh, e-sport race just to see if he could sit in a position for extended period of time because his body was badly bruised after uh, the impact so he seems to be back on track and it's going to be a crazy weekend uh, coming weekend in hungary i can't wait for the hungarian grand prix coming up man it's it's going to be wild i know the red bull team has again appealed uh, about what happened so let's see if something comes out of it but it sets up for a great season max verstappen tweeted out and said he was disappointed by hamilton's antics and all of his celebrations and all of that but it it's amazing it's very petty and i'm here for all of it i'm i'm just loving it absolutely and uh, i think nico rosberg summed it up the best he says hamilton knows how to work in the gray areas so that was i think <laughs> i'm i'm maybe paraphrasing what nico rosberg said but that's that was uh, his comment on this incident like hamilton knows how to work in the gray areas and i mean you he does what he has to win i guess i takes a winning attitude so well who am i to who are we to judge but only the season only time will tell uh, having said that aniketh i think we should uh, wrap up and go for some recommendations right gotham so i have a couple of recommendations to make so since it's the olympic fever going on i wanted to recommend a movie the movie is called i am bolt and it basically uh, tracks usain bolt's journey to the 2016 rio olympics and 
it's a i think it's a great watch given it's the olympic time and i think he's one of the greatest athletes uh, track and field athletes you can when you say athletes michael phelps comes into that realm so he's one of the greatest uh, track and field athletes usain bolt so it it documents his journey to the rio 2016 olympics uh, him his rivalry with uh, johannes blake who's his who was his teammate back in the day from jamaica and also uh, with the american sprinters so i think it's a very good movie that would be my first recommendation for anyone who's interested to know what bolt was all about i think he's a very fun guy and the other one was an article i read which is very close to my heart because it's very close to my research and it's basically talks the article is uh, by the scientific american and it's called how olympic tracking systems capture athletic performances and they're using a technology from intel that's called uh, 3d athletic tracking this is new fiset camera where the tracking is so intense that they're saying you can actually replicate digital twins so what that means is uh, you can actually digitally recreate an athlete in a computer to that level of detail using ai and then you can run that digital athlete through various situations and the real athlete can actually learn from simulations and other things on how to be maybe run in like a, in the rain or in a puddle of mud or when situations changing so it's a very fascinating read and it's it's an area people are researching in it's an area i'm interested in it's called digital twins and it's coming to sports so science and sport i thought i wanted to recommend that I liked how you slid your research bit in there Aniket just just you know just showing off just you know it's it's also a part of my research and all of that okay we get it we get it we are doing a phd by the way we are almost close to completion so i'm i'm happy for you really I'm it's a joking. beautiful so the only reason i recommend it is it's a beautiful intersection of two things i'm really passionate about one is science the other is sport and when i read it i was like i'm going to recommend this so yeah from the ultra scientific to the silly when it comes to my recommendations my recommendation is a show tv show called ted lasso it's on apple tv plus uh if you guys have apple tv you should be able to watch this uh it's a really fun and uh, quirky show it has jason sudeikis in it uh, it's just about a american coach who ends up in england and ends up coaching a professional football team it's 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 really good it's it's weird it's bizarre it's very very fun so i'd highly recommend ted lasso uh the other recommendation i have is bbc hard talk uh, the podcast uh, that steven sacker hosts michael holding the west indian great was on that he was talking about uh, race and why what made him speak up last year when he did on sky and also why he did not speak as much about race and racism in sport or in cricket when he played back in the day so definitely check that out and my last recommendation is a documentary a short documentary film called the greatest race in america it's on peacock tv i i'm not sure about it's where it's available in, in india but if you can get your hands on it please watch the greatest race is about michael phelps record winning eight gold medals in 2012 but this is just about one race it was a 4 by 100 meter medley he was a part of a team of three others then uh, how they ended up winning it it's it's truly a great great uh, well made uh, documentary so definitely check that out you'll find all of those links uh, on our show notes but before we leave we must we must we must we must talk about or give an appeal to the subscribers to please subscribe to news laundry me and aniket we definitely believe in what news laundry does we just saw the pegasus news break last week and what implications that has when it comes to media please support independent media please do subscribe to news laundry you can go to newslaundry.com and hit that subscribe button uh, the minimum at a minimum you can pay 300 a month which is not much at all so if you are able to please please do considering subscribing to news laundry all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry help us keep news independent to catch all our podcasts on news pop culture current affairs and sport visit newslaundry.com follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and subscribe to our youtube channel